Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. And uh, this is going to be the verse. Now I want, I want you to help me out here because I think that as God's people, we can begin to memorize scripture. Amen? Amen. Two people are going to memorize scripture today. I think as God's people, we can learn how to memorize scripture. Amen? And so the scripture says, for everything, everybody shout everything. Absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and find, finds its purpose in him. Can we just memorize this last line of Colossians chapter 1, verse 15? And this is how we're going to ro- memorize it. Everybody say with me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Say, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. How many believe by the end of this series we're going to have that verse memorized? Amen? Say that with me one more time. Say, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. One last time. Say, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I like that. That's fancy. Give it up for the media team, Mr. John Walsh. And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to be discussing this series, Life on Purpose. And I want to use the story of Jeremiah as a case study. So we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. And we're going to read out through verse 8. He's like, I don't know how to take it out now. (laughs) The Lord's message came to me. Before I made you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I chose you for a special work. I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. Then I said, but Lord, I don't know how to speak. I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, don't say I am only a boy. You must go everywhere I send you and say everything I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of anyone. I am with you and I will protect you. This message is from the Lord. Amen. And so today we have a little bit of an outline for our sermon series. It's going to be a little bit different this time around. So if you're looking at your bulletin, I want you to pull out your note outline. And uh, I'm going to, I promise you, I'm going to try to teach today. But I was raised in a Pentecostal home and a Hispanic home. And so for the most part, that might not happen, okay? And uh, I want us to go over this outline. And we're going to be filling in the blanks so that we can begin to learn and discover our purpose. And for the most part, what happens is that when we hear a message on purpose, we want to get to the good stuff first and foremost. We want to jump in. Okay, why did God put me on earth? What am I supposed to do? What is my individual task? But today, I want to be able to build a foundation on what it means to explore and discover our purpose. Is that all right? Can I build a foundation today? I want you to tell the title to 
the person next to you. Look at them square in the eye. Tell them life on purpose. Tell them life on purpose. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we, we're grateful, God, that we are in your presence today to learn more about you. And in learning more about you, we discover who we truly are. We thank you that you have created us on purpose for a purpose. And that today we get on that journey together. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we love you. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise in this house? Uh, uh, I want to give a special shout out. This Thursday, I had the privilege and the honor of uh, performing an amazing wedding and ceremony uh, for my good friend Marcos and his beautiful now wife, Lena Roman. Can we give them just a shout? Come on, make some noise that there is another married couple in the house. I think I performed more weddings this year than I ever have. And um, one of the beautiful things about marriage is one of the things that he will discover in the next few weeks is that in marriage is always one that is hotter than the other. You know what I mean? There is one who lives freezing cold and there is another one who is burning. Like they don't care about going to hell because they're already, no, I'm just joking. But they are burning up. In my case, I want to be the first to say that my wife lives at about 90 degrees of temperature. Can anybody relate? I mean, she is always hot. She is always sweating. I think that's why her metabolism is so fast. She burns food like fuel. I look at food and I gain weight. My wife, I, I, I promise you, I've been eating like one meal a day, right? And she couldn't believe me. I said, I'm going to go to Marcus's wedding and I'm going to gain five pounds. She's like, come on, baby, stop it. I'm, so, I'm telling you, the next day I got on the scale and I gained five pounds in Marcus's wedding. Thank you very much, Marcus. I appreciate you. You are adding value to me. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, she is burning hot. And, and when we got married, I mean, um, by the way, can we just give a, a, a special shout out to the first lady of the house? I don't like to say the first lady. She's my first lady. She's not everybody's first lady, but she's my. I just want to give her a round of applause. I want to give her a, a strong round of applause. I mean it because... If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have a good sermon. And she helps me out having a great sermon because she lives with me. Uh, but she is also an anointed woman of God. She is, I, I really mean this, she inspires me to be more like Jesus. I get to live with a woman who truly, truly, you know how we talk about David, a man after God's own heart? This is a woman after God's own heart. And I know I'm the pastor of this church, and sometimes I'm seen as the more spiritual one. But this woman is a better Jesus follower than I am, and she inspires me to love God even more and more every day. And so I'm grateful for my beautiful wife. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to preach. <laughs> and... Uh, she lives at 90 degrees. I am always freezing. I'm always freezing. And so uh, every summer, see the demons working back there. They don't want me to preach. Santo, Bianca, you better start rebuking or something. Uh, and so every night, so we have this huge fan. You know those super metal fans that when you turn them on, they just blow you away? So she has these huge metal fans, and every summer what we do is that we take out the metal fan. It's in the closet, and we take it out. 
And every single night it's a fight because guess what? Pastor Roe here is freezing and she's like, no, I need it. I'm like, but baby, do you want me to die of pneumonia? Like, you don't understand. I am freezing when you turn on that fan. I'm freezing when you turn on that fan. She's like, baby, but I'm hot. Look, I'm sweating. I wish you would know what it felt like to be this hot. And I'm like, I wish you would know how it felt to be this cold. And so there's a fight back and forth with my wife and I. And, uh, there's, and, 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 and she turns it on and we, we kind of make bets and I, or we kind of make arrangements. I'm like, all right, I'll leave the fan on if, you know, all the kids are not here. All right, and we leave the fan on and, 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 and I tell her, baby, can you shut off the fan? And now we've made arrangements like even last night. I was like, baby, why don't you wait until I fall asleep first and then you could turn on the fan. And she's been working with me, right? Now, but watch this. This summer, check this out. This summer, we took out the fan. And of course, it's my job to set the fan, the ACs, right, because I'm the man of the house, right? So I'm setting everything up. And what I realized is that last year, the, the fan started stalling. So the, when you turn on the fan, the fan started going, but nothing was moving. The propellers weren't moving. And I'm like, oh, good. And all of a sudden, it started moving. That was last year. This year, I take it out of the closet. Guess what happens? The same darn thing, right? I take it out, and it goes, but the propellers ain't moving. All right? So I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus is answering my prayers. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Right? Because our room is the coldest room in the entire house, but she still needs a fan. And so the, the propellers start moving. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a good Christian, and I'm going to try to help her out. I got to fix this because, you know. And so I try to fix this thing, and I'm spinning the propellers. I take off the, the cover of the fan, and I'm spinning it and spinning it. And it doesn't move. I take a little bit of oil. I put some uh, olive oil on it because I didn't have any mechanical oil. So I put some olive oil on it. Don't act like you ain't never done that in your life. Cut that out. Some of you guys put that on your hair. I need to gel. Anyway, spin it. And I'm spinning it and I'm spinning it. And then I just do it really fast with a comb. And I'm spinning that sucker. And guess what? Nothing happens to the fan. It doesn't work. So guess what you do when something doesn't work? So I take the fan, I said, Lord, you know I tried. Take that fan, take it outside the gate of my house, throw it in the garbage. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're not gonna, we, I'm, I'm gonna be able to sleep in peace. My wife, by the way, because you guys don't understand, I have to sleep looking like an Eskimo, okay? I wear shorts, I wear jogging pants, then I have to put my socks on top of the jogging pants so that the wind won't go up my leg. You know what I'm talking about? I sleep like an Eskimo with a hoodie and all. I tie it up like a bow. And everybody, and my cousin slept over my house one time. He was like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to sleep. He's like, you look like you're going to Antarctica. I said, I am. And so I throw, the, I throw it out. My wife, we get home from work. My wife comes inside the house. And of course, you know what I'm doing. I'm praying and I'm reading the Bible. And she says, honey, why is the fan outside? I said, baby, because it doesn't work. It broke. And she goes, no, 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 no. That beautiful woman right there, she runs outside. She walks outside. And I said, baby, leave it. It's broken. It's done. Don't. It's done. And she said, no, 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 no. Come on. And she starts talking to the thing. And she grabs the fan, this big metal fan. She brings it inside. She lays it at the corner of my living room. She takes the cover off, and she starts praying for it. 
Jesus. Right now, God, I just declare and decree there is still life in you yet. You will spin. You still have a purpose. You still have a plan. We thank you, Jesus. And I'm, I'm like, baby, there's more important things for you to pray about than a fan, okay? And she's like, no, run to the river, run to the river. And I'm like, and I'm recording this woman. I'm just like, I can't believe this nonsense. And she's like, in Jesus' name, guess what happens? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and guess what Lisa does? Come to the river, come to the river, taste, and I'm like, get thee behind me. And I think that that's amazing because this woman prayed for this thing and she, and, th and this is the message because what I considered trash, Lisa saw treasure in it. And I think it works as a perfect illustration that listen, you may have been put out on the, in the trash, but in, and life may have put you out on the curb, and maybe you weren't working properly, so you've been dismissed, and you've been rejected, and, and some say, oh, your days are over. But I think that there is a God that is similar to Lisa that picked you up, brought you into this house, and said, you still got a purpose. You still got a plan. Others may have thrown you out. Others may have rejected you. Others may have seen you as trash, but there is still a treasure that is inside of you. There is still a purpose that is inside of you. Come on, if you believe that there is a God that sees treasure in you, that there is purpose in you, open up your mouth and give him some praise in this house. Life on purpose. Life on purpose. Because everything has a purpose. The plants that are in the soil have a purpose. The water that is in the sea has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. Someone shout purpose. Someone shout purpose. Someone shout purpose. I was trying to teach today, but I'm going to have to preach. Every animal, don't look at the person next to you. Every animal has a purpose. It has a purpose. But our life, oftentimes, there's so many people asking, what on earth? have I been put on here, in here for? Why do I exist? What is my purpose? Why am I here in this world? And the purpose is one of those things, it's like an elusive, uh, has a, an elusive way of being. It, it, we don't know what purpose is. It, it, why, why do I exist? Is there something for me to do? Is there something for me to accomplish? But I want to build a foundation because purpose is not only what you are to accomplish. Purpose oftentimes is who you were designed to be, regardless of what you achieve. And so I kind of, in the, in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what you were, what task, what's your assignment, what's the spef specific thing. But I want to build a foundation today on who God has called you to be. I want to lay out from the jump that when we search for our purpose, hear me, oftentimes we look for purpose within ourselves. Have you ever done that? I got to find purpose within myself, but I cannot be honest with you that when you look within yourself, you will, it, purpose goes beyond you. Purpose goes beyond personal fulfillment. Purpose go, goes beyond 
self-absorption. Purpose goes beyond your personal career. Purpose goes beyond just what's inside of you. Because when you look at what's inside of you, you'll see potential. But when you look to God, what you will see is your purpose. Are you hearing me? See, this device, do you guys see this right here? You guys don't, can, can anyone tell what this is? Someone help me out, help me out here. Uh, Danny, come here, come here, come on, you come up these stairs right here, right up those stairs. But run, we got a 30 minute message, my brother. See, this is a Bluetooth speaker. Many times, what we try to do is find purpose within ourselves. But if you never knew what this device was, you cannot ask this device what it is. But you can begin to ask questions and have a conversation with the one who designed and created this device. See, this was meant to connect to some iPad or electronic and project music and sound out of it, audio out of it. But if you were to find this and you would not know what it is, you might use it as a toy. You can throw that right back. Hopefully I can catch it. And then you could throw that right back. No, I'm not going to do that. See, because if you don't know what the purpose of something is, you'll begin to project your own purpose on it. When we look at Jeremiah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was good. Give it up for Danny real quick. Danny Rosario. When we look at the text today, we look at Jeremiah. It says, the Lord's message came to me before I made you in your mother's womb. I knew you. Watch this. Before you were born, I chose you for a specific work, or in other words, a specific purpose. I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. Someone shout the nations. See, the purpose of a thing is not found in a thing, but the purpose of a thing is found in the creator's mind. <laughs> See, what, what, what God is trying to communicate to Jeremiah is, listen, Jeremiah, I know you're okay living your ordinary life. And Jeremiah is probably just walking around and living life and he's just existing. But he's, exi he's living in a life without purpose. And then he encounters God and God speaks into his life. And he says, listen, Jeremiah, you have a purpose. Jeremiah, I want to let you know that before you were born, you existed in my mind and in my heart. See, oftentimes we look at our lives and we think that we are the sum total of what life has made us to be. But what God wants to communicate to Jeremiah is this. Listen, before you existed, before this contraption, this device ever existed, it already existed in the mind of the creator. And he says, listen, I know what you look like right now, but I want to let you know, even before you were born, you existed in my mind. Before you spoke, before you were in your mother's womb, before your mother felt you kick in her stomach you were kicking in my heartbeat I want to let you know before you ever existed you had already existed in my mind and I was loving you and I was cherishing you and I couldn't wait for you to be manifested and fulfill the purpose and the intention why I had you in mind in the first place he says Jeremiah I want to let you know you might look at your life and say Jeremiah's like hey man 
I can't do this. I can't even talk. He goes, you don't understand. You might think you, can, you can't talk, but even before you can even say a word, you had purpose. There was an intention. There was a design. There was a reason why I wanted you to bring you about in this world. There is a reason that I created you. Ah, before anyone ever knew you, before you were ever manifested, you existed in my heart. He says, you have a purpose. Before you were made, I knew you. And I want you to write this down in your note. Write this down. Please hear me. If you catch this today, it'll begin to build the foundation of why you exist in this world. Write this down. You will never discover your story. Fill this out. Unless you discover God's story. You'll never discover your story unless you discover God's story. The beginning of your purpose begins with you discovering God. Your design is intrinsically connected with discovering God. My purpose begins with God's plan. See, you'll never discover your story unless you begin to discover God's story. And what God begins to communicate to Jeremiah is, listen, before you were ever made, I knew you. Guess what? I knew you. It starts with me. I knew you. Before you knew that I knew you, before you could even uh, put sentences together, before you can form words, before I knew you, before you could ever think, before you had a heartbeat, I knew you. You existed. I know what you were meant to be. I know why you were created. What you're acting out as now is nothing of what I've called you to be. I know that you have a purpose. Guess what, Jeremiah? Before you were you, I I always was. Before you were Jeremiah, I was God. I know why you were created here. And your story begins with God's story just as in the same way that Jeremiah's story begins with God, your story begins with God. Your story begins with God. Look what Colossians says. We read it earlier. It says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him. Who's him? Christ. Got started in him and finds his purpose in him. We give so much respect to all the apostles, the apostles and the disciples, but guess what? They were really not that talented. They were really not that gifted. They weren't these superstars that we sometimes make them out to be. You know what they were? They were imperfect men who found their purpose. They were imperfect men, men who had no clue. You know, do you know what Jeremiah was? He was a nobody until what? He, he was living an ordinary life until what? Until he had a conversation with God, he discovered his purpose, and now he began to change the face of the earth in that ancient world. Do you know Abraham? Abraham was simply an old, sterile man who lacked faith. And guess what happened? God made him a father. Check this out. A sterile man. He made him a father of many nations. Why? Because Jeremiah was, a, um, uh, Abraham was able to look at his life and he says, I can't have no kids. You don't understand. I'm only, I'm 99 years old. Can you imagine being 99 years old and trying to have kids? Amen. I can't have no kids. I, I don't, I can't have no kids. 
He says, no, you don't understand. Before you thought you could have no kids, I created you so that you can be a father of many nations. It's not after you were born I gave you purpose. It's before you were born I had purpose inside of you. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house. Moses, oh my God, when we look at Moses, man, Moses, oh, out of everybody, we look at Moses, man, Moses was the man. He was, he was raised in Egyptian heritage. This was going to be the one that would be the Pharaoh of Egypt. And what happened with Moses? Moses could have reigned as Pharaoh, and Moses could have been the one who, 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 who had lived a luxurious life and had everything he ever wanted. They created the pyramids, and the Egyptian culture would have been at the at the palm of his hands. But what did Moses do? Moses had a conversation with God. And instead of being, see, check this out. If Moses would have never discovered his purpose, he would have had everything and been enslaving the very people he was called to set free. But what did Moses do? He started with God. And when he encountered God, instead of being the one to enslave God's people and have everything, he chose to have nothing but fulfill his purpose. And he can stand before the very people that are possessing the, uh, God's people and say, let my people go. Someone shout purpose in this house. Shout purpose. purpose. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 it says, but my life, I love this scripture, but life is worth nothing. Did you catch that? That's not pretty encouraging. But it, it is purpose. But life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord, Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God, God's mighty kindness and love. Listen, if there was ever a tattoo that your pastor would get, it would be this one. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Right there. I'd get it right across my chest once I could do 60 push-ups. This is the Apostle Paul. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. The Apostle Paul says, listen, man, I've got at the pinnacle. I've climbed the mountain, and I am the Pharisee of Pharisees. But it is worth nothing to me unless I'm filling it, fulfilling the reason that God put me on planet Earth. What is he saying? He's, he's saying, listen, you could achieve so many things. You can accomplish so many things. But if you miss the point of life, then you've missed it all. The Bible also puts it, puts it this way. He says, what is it worth a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? And oftentimes we think that word soul is saying, oh, and go to hell. No, he's not saying go to hell. He's saying losing who you were destined to be in the process. He says, what is it worth to gain the whole world? And lose who you were meant to be in the process. Moses, what is it worth for you to be the Pharaoh of Egypt and miss out on the reason I placed you on planet Earth for? What is it worth to you? The Apostle Paul says, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. I don't know if there's a church here that is willing to say, you know what, God, I know there's a lot of things I want to do. I know there's a lot of things I have in mind, but my life is worth nothing unless I complete the mission that God has for me. If you believe that your life has purpose, give him some praise in this house. Come on, Kuhau. Romans puts it this way. I'm going to trip over myself. Romans puts it this way. Focusing on self is the opposite of focusing on God. 
anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing. Your story begins with God's story. You, you have to understand that your story begins with God's story. If we are self-absorbed and all we do is self, be self-aware and self-conscious in what, what our self-fulfillment, then we miss out on everything that God, in the same way that Jeremiah's story began with God, our story also begins with God. Number two, why? Put this down on your message notes. Because when purpose is absent, abuse is present. When purpose is absent, abuse is, is present. I'm going to say that one more time. When purpose is absent, abuse is, is present. See, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, you begin to project your own purpose on it. And you begin to throw a purpose on the thing. See, if I didn't know what this was and what the purpose of this was, I could just start using it for my own purpose and my own reason. And this could become a fidget. Man, I don't know what's up with them toys. A fidget spinner. Hallelujah. And we can project our own purpose on a thing. But when purpose is absent, abuse is present. See, the word abuse is actually the amalgamation of abnormal and use. See, it's not that you want to hurt someone. It's that you don't know the purpose of the thing. And when you don't know the purpose of a thing, you begin to use it in a way that it was never intended to be used. I wish someone was catching that today. And so what happens? We begin to abnormally use it, a.k.a. we begin to abuse it. See, it's not that you want to hurt your husband. It's that you don't know the purpose of a husband. So you project your own purpose of a husband, and now you begin to abuse your husband. Am I preaching to the right crowd here? Someone shout amen. You begin to abuse. We begin to abuse our husband because we never knew the intention of what it is to have a husband. See, I, I, it's not that I want to hurt my wife. It's that I don't know the purpose of marriage. And so because I don't know the purpose of marriage, purpose is absent. And if purpose is absent, then abuse will always be present because you begin to project an intention that marriage was never, this is why you want your husband to fulfill you, but your husband is never meant to fulfill you. That is not his purpose. The only one that can fill you, the only one that can put purpose in you, the only one that can make you happy is God. Oh, I love this woman. I love my wife. But let me tell you, the reason that I can love her with such passion is because I've been filled with a love that is greater than any love she could ever provide for me. See, I have to understand that the purpose of marriage, I have to understand the purpose of marriage. Can I talk to the single folk for a second? I'm helping you out right now. Hallelujah. Can you... Begin to discover the purpose of marriage. 
before you ever say, I do. Because many times we are on in the altar and we're saying I do, but we don't know the do in the I do that we're committing to. And we just say do as two letters being put together, but we don't understand that do is actually so much that needs to be done. And so in order for you to do so much, you need to discover what is the intention and purpose of marriage. It's not that you want to hurt your children, it's that you don't know the purpose of what it means to be a parent. See, uh... I want to give you an illustration here because it's not that we don't know, it's not that we want to hurt, it's not that we want to abuse. If you were to ask a question, uh, 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 do I want to abuse my husband, do I want to abuse my wife, do I want to abuse my own life, it's not that you don't know, it's that you don't know the purpose of what it means to have a career. You don't know the purpose of what a job is, you don't know the purpose of what a business is, you don't know the purpose of it. And so you allow it to abuse your life, you abuse it because you never understood the intention of what it means to have something. But before I can have it, I want to learn the purpose of it, right? So as a child, I used to, anybody ever used to dress up as a child? Right? So I don't know about you, but, you know, we... We, we were raised in a home where we were only able to see, like, Bible stories. So I wanted to be Pharaoh. Some of you guys are laughing because you know that was your life too. Hallelujah. Like, it's a unique, I'm telling you, it's a unique experience being raised in church. It's a unique experience. I'm telling you, we... I'm telling you, if you say, oh, you were raised in church, you had a better. No, we had it ten times, ten, ten times worse. I didn't even have a number. I said ten times worse. That's how bad it was. And I remember that I used to take a T-shirt. And I used to walk around thinking I was Pharaoh. Do not take this picture and put it on social media. I used to walk around with us. I used to be like, so let it be written. Because that's the only movie we were able to see. Shout it out. The Ten Commandments. Come on, somebody. For a long time, we actually thought that guy was Moses. Okay? Charles Heston. Is that his name? Charles Heston? We thought he was Moses. And when I saw him in another movie, I was like, <gasps> Oh my goodness, that's not Moses? Moses talking to apes now? Anyhow, I thought I was going to be Pharaoh. So I, Moses, and I used to say, so let it be written, who is your God? So let it be done. You guys remember that? So let it be written, so let it be done. See, and and, and for a while, I had a, tea, I had a shirt that I would wear. And, and see, some of you guys were, were, were Moses, and you wore it this way. You know what I'm saying? See, we have, we versatile up in here. Anyhow, we used to play Moses and Pharaoh, and, and I had this T-shirt that I wore like Moses, and this is exactly what I looked like. And I, I, I didn't want to be Superman. I didn't want to be Batman. I wanted to be Pharaoh. And uh, this is how I would walk around. And for a long time, Cassius, I want you to hear me. For a long time, I had a t-shirt that was designated to be my Egyptian headdress called Neems. They're called Neems. 
And so I wanted my t-shirt to be my headdress for my costume. And I want you to catch this real quick. Because after a while, let's, let me tell you something. After a while, if my shirt had feelings, emotions, and a soul, it would start thinking that it was meant to be the imitation of an Egyptian hair, headdress. Are you catching that? After a while, if my soul had feelings, if my, or if, if, if my, if, if my shirt could, could express itself, and it would ask you, what is your purpose? Oh, I have to be uh, the headdress of Rolando. That is my purpose. But the truth is that if the designer of the shirt came into the picture, he would see that the shirt was marked with his name on it. And the designer of the shirt would walk in, and if it ever lost its purpose, if this shirt would start feeling like, oh, I'm meant to be a headdress. I'm meant to be an Egyptian headdress. Not even an Egyptian headdress, an imitation of an Egyptian headdress. I don't even know what I've been placed on earth for. And for many times, we have allowed what life has chosen to use us for to be the purpose of our lives. But God comes into the picture, and he says, no, let me show you your tag. You still wear my name. You still got a purpose. And guess what? What is not to be an Egyptian headdress, it's to be a shirt. And I don't know if you're in this place. Maybe, maybe you have forgotten the reason that God has called you. Maybe you have forgotten your purpose. Maybe you understood that, yes, God has called me. But maybe you started using your life for another reason. Guess what? Your purpose starts with God. And you could look at your life and you can God could speak into it and say, no, you have a purpose. You got a plan. You got a promise. I don't care what life has called you to be. I designed you from the get and I'm going to call you with the intentions I have for you. Someone shout purpose. Jeremiah looks at his life and he says before he says but God but Lord I don't know how to speak. I am only a boy. I can't do this. See, he started looking at his life and saying, I, do, do you see where I'm at right now? I'm, you're calling me to, I'm just, I'm just a boy. What do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be this prophet? I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be your mouthpiece? I'm, I'm just a boy. And at that time, they had contemporaries, Nehemiah and all the other prophets, and he could have said, man, choose this guy or choose this guy. And he, he says, no, what you don't understand is what I've designed for you to do is only what you can do. Stop looking other people to live the life that God has called you to live. Stop looking at other people and stop exp having expectations and try to vicariously live through them what God has placed you on earth to live in the first place. Guess what? There is an idea in your mind that God has only placed in your mind. There is a purpose that God has placed in your heart that he's only placed in your heart. And guess what? If it doesn't come out of you, it may never come out. But God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Where purpose is absent, abuse is inevitable. Where purpose is absent, abuse is inevitable. Last point, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. 
You were created, write this down, you were created by God for God. You were created by God for God. Jeremiah verse, chapter 1 verse 6 says, Then I said, But Lord God, I don't know how to speak. I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, don't say I only, I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere I send you and say everything I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of anyone. I am with you. I will protect you. This message is from God. He looks at Jeremiah and he clearly sees the void that Jeremiah has. Because he says, don't be afraid. And let me tell you something. That the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Had he experienced the love of God, he would have never been operating in fear. What is the answer? I'm with you. I will go with you always. I'm with you every step of the way. See, because you weren't created by God for yourself. Can I be honest? Listen. You will never be able to be happy in life until you discover this one thing. This is the guarantee to peace and happiness. You discover this one thing. That you were made for God. By God. For his purpose. Our life will never make sense. So much could be done, so much could be gained, and so much can be accomplished. But our life will never really make sense until we discover this one thing. I was made by God for God. You know what that means? Newsflash. It's not about you. It's not about you. <laughs> What would your marriage look like if you would be able to declare it's not about me? It's about her. What would your relationship look like if you would say it's not about me? It's about him. What would your parenthood look like if you would say it's not about me? It's about them. It's not about you. You can't discover your story until you explore God's story. And in discovering God's story, you are able to discover the reason that God placed you here. So our number one purpose here, write this down. In the next six weeks, we're going to be exploring this in community groups. The number one, you matter to God. That God created you to love you. Do you know that? I don't know if you're here today and you don't know the reason for your purpose. You don't know the reason for why you are here. And you look at everyone accomplishing so many things, but God wants to tell you, hey, before you can do, I want to know who you can be. Don't worry about what you're doing. Focus on who I'm calling you to be. And he's, and he's saying, the number one, you want to know the number one thing you can know in life is know God. And the greatest thing you could ever do for God is love him back. 
So your number one purpose is to know God and to love him. Write that down. To know God and to love him. I want to wake up every single morning of my life and say, God, do I know you more today? And do I love you a little bit more? Do I know you better? And do I love you more? Because I can go out through my day. I can get things done. I can meet people. I can accomplish things. I can. But if I don't know you more and I don't love you more, I've wasted an entire day. Because your number one purpose every single day that you wake up is, God, do I know you better and do I love you more? In the scriptures, there's a man that asks Jesus, he says, God, what is, what is the greatest thing? What is, what is the number one commandment? I, what, what is the number one? What is everything that I need to know in one commandment? You know what he says? Love the Lord. Put it down. Matthew chapter 22, he says, love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord sometimes. Love the Lord on Sundays. <laughs> love the Lord occasionally. No, he says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all of your soul. I have not fulfilled my purpose until I am constantly growing in knowing God more and loving him more. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6 says this. It says, I don't, catch this. Can we lower that just a little bit? It says, I don't want your sacrifices. <laughs> I don't want your sacrifices. You know what our sacrifices? What you do. He says, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. I don't want what you can do all I just want you to know me another translation says I want you to love me what what is it worth for you to offer me sacrifices and bring me offerings and you don't even know the one you are bringing it to first Timothy chapter 6 says this watch this as a purpose of life watch this some of these people, 1 Timothy chapter 6, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to his spiritual son, the person that he's mentoring, the person that he's pouring into. He says, some, of, some people, Timothy, they've missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. And it's not, it's not no of intellectual knowledge. It's no of intimate experience. He says, they get this close, but that's about it. They know God here, but they don't know God here. They don't know their purpose. They don't know why God has placed them in this world. They've missed it. Kuhau, my prayer for each and every one of us is that we don't miss it. The number one reason for your existence is, is like God is telling Jeremiah, listen, the reason that you fear is because you don't know me. Because if you knew me, you would not have fear because perfect love casts out fear. The reason that you can't do what I've called you to do is because you still don't know me. I pray that our prayer 
as we launch in these community groups these next few weeks is to say, God, I want to know you more and I want to love you more. Can we do that? Lord, I want to know you better and I want to love you more. And I challenge you to wake up every single morning and say, God, I want to know you better and I want to love you more. God, I want to know you better and I want to love you more. Can we get up on our feet tonight? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.